0: hi guys welcome back to with more than a number a weekly podcast where i share experiences and advice for people going through recovery recovered or just want some encouragement this week i'm going to be sharing and talking about 10 things that are necessary in ed recovery Guys, it's Madison from You Are Worth More Than a Number. I just want to pop on real quick and tell you about today's sponsor for this episode. Ten things that are necessary in eating disorder recovery. Now, (laughs) there are so many more than just ten things that are important in eating disorder recovery, but I'm here and going to share the 10 that were most important to me and the 10 that helped me the most when I think about and look back on my own recovery. Because yes, like I said, there's so many things that helped me. There's so many things that I benefited from. But when it comes to narrowing down to the most important things that I can look back and say that was so beneficial for me for where I am now, these are the 10 that I recommend strongly. So number one is ditching the scale. If you have a scale in your house, I don't care if it's not yours. If it's your parents, get rid of it. It doesn't help you to keep it. It doesn't help you to have it around. If you even know that it's in the house, you're going to want to use it. Because believe me, I tried all of that. I tried, my parents tried hiding it. And, you know, I went on rapid goose chases trying to find it. And I always found it. There were times where my parents didn't tell me they had bought another scale after we got rid of one, and then I found it. It's just if you are struggling with that kind of stuff and you are obsessed with seeing your weight and obsessed with weighing yourself, leave that to a professional, leave that to your nutritionist, leave that to your dietitian, your doctor, your therapist, whatever, and get rid of your scale. Smash it. Throw it out. It really helps to smash it so that you don't have that temptation to go into the garbage and pick it out and use it, because if you smash it, It's unusable. And that's what I did. I took my dad's sledgehammer and smashed the freaking crap out of that thing. And it felt really good. It felt really good. It was weird at first, but it's been over a year. It's almost been two years since I smashed the scale. And let me just tell you, wow, it's almost been two years. Let me just tell you, that's an amazing feeling. Number two is you have to stop body checking. This is something I still struggle with, but it's something that's very beneficial. And as I've been getting more and more used to not doing it, I will say it's very, very beneficial and it's helped me a lot. Because when you are constantly checking after you eat, before you eat, it ruins your whole mood. Like I would be in the best mood in the world and then I would check and I'd feel terrible about myself. And that's just its the flip of the switch. And so the minute I've stopped and really been diligently trying to not do it, I feel so much more confident in myself, so much more better about myself. And it's hard because I just want to look, but I just have made a promise to myself and a commitment that when I want to look, I tell someone, and they don't let me. And it's really, really helpful. Number three is no calorie counting. Even if you weren't a calorie counter, I guarantee you, you knew and were obsessed with calories in some way, shape, or form, and you have to stop. You have to stop obsessing over them. You have to stop looking at them. You have to stop looking them up. You have to stop letting them decide what you're going to eat because it doesn't help you. It just makes things harder and worse and stressful, and if you want to get to this place of full recovery, you have to stop focusing so much on them. And this is something I'm also working on at the moment. I don't, I never counted calories, but I always was aware of them and they definitely influenced what I ate and what I didn't eat. And I've been working on going against them recently. Number five is eating all foods. Eating all foods. You have to get rid of labels. You have to get rid of Well, these are my safe foods I can only eat these you have to make sure you're including variety in your diet because when you're always eating the same you're never going to fully get that place of freedom with food because you're never going to challenge yourself to have things that are scary and you need that to fully recover you have to eat all foods a balanced diet a balanced intake of food is eating everything number six is eating until satiated and full you can't live a full life on an empty stomach. Therefore, you have to eat till you're satiated and full. Usually when you're trying to weight restore and at the beginning of your recovery, if you, did it, if you were in extreme restriction, your dietitian or therapist will tell you to eat until you're uncomfortably full. Until you get to a point where your body's used to eating again. And then you won't be uncomfortably full after you eat every time. But you should always eat till you're full. If you get done eating... And you're still thinking about food, you're still hungry and you need to honor that. You might not be physically hungry, but you're probably mentally hungry if you're still thinking about food and you need to honor that. Because for me I was in extreme restriction and for like three two years, two and a half years, three years, and I was always thinking about food even if I was so uncomfortably full because I my body was so hungry. I was so freaking hungry because I hadn't been eating. And so, even if you're so full, you finish eating, and you're like, you know what sounds good a brownie? Eat the brownie, because your body needs that. It's not just your physical hunger that's important, it's your mental hunger too. Make sure you're full in both areas. Number seven, or six, seven, seven, um, is support and a good community around you sorry six not seven I don't know why I said that (laughs) um this is so important you want to make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that care about you and support you and are gonna help you strive to recover not people that are going to tear you down not people that are going to hinder your progress um that's very very important I had to I lost some friends over this and that's okay because I also gained a lot of friends and gained a lot of support So I'm okay that I lost some friends. It was hard at first, but now I'm like, eh. Now, number seven, learn to show yourself compassion and love. This can be hard for some people, especially if you're not used to this or you feel weird showing yourself love. But it's so very important to be kind to yourself during this time because it's really hard. This is probably one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing you'll go through in your life. And... You have to be patient with yourself. You have to show yourself love because if you don't, it's going to be really, really hard to get to that place of full recovery. And so, yeah, it's very important to be kind and love yourself. Number eight is body acceptance. Excuse me. It's this is hard for me at times, but it's very important because it's not just about accepting your body when it changes but also just accepting where you are in the moment too and being okay with the possibility that it might change or the possibility that you're probably not going to be the same size you are in this moment in a few years from now and that's okay Um, and just accepting that and accepting how just everything about you And number nine is challenging yourself daily. This is something that I was kind of forced to do by my dietician. I wasn't allowed to go a day without challenging myself. Because she was like, if you don't challenge yourself every day, that's your backsliding or something like that. So I had to challenge myself every day. And it sucked in the beginning. But look at me now. So you can get there too. It may be hard. And some days it can be as little as eating an extra serving of something than you usually would or it can be as big as eating that fear food that freaks the crap out of you but like challenging yourself daily so that you're always staying and getting ahead of your disorder is so very important because you never want it to um get back in the driver's seat especially when you've started recovery you want to keep get it out of the bad driver's seat and keep pushing it out of the car and the last one that really really helped has helped me is accepting and realizing you can't do this alone and you aren't alone in your recovery. This I honestly really thought I could do this by myself at the beginning. Like my parents were forcing me to see a dietitian and a therapist and your girl was like, I don't need their help and I didn't listen to them because I was like, I can do this by myself. I'm not that sick. Well yeah no that doesn't work. Um (laughs) very, very quickly I found out that doesn't work. So I had to realize that and you have to come to the realization yourself. It's just like you have to come to the realization yourself that you do have an issue, that there is something going on deeper. You people can tell you all they want that there's something going on, but if you don't accept that and realize that yourself, nothing's going to happen. Because you got to have that self-realization. And that's the same thing with can't do this alone, and you have to know that you're not alone. I guarantee you there are so many people around you or in your life, or at least there's a few people that support you and want you to get better. This is something that I wasn't aware of at first, always thought I was alone, especially when I was ill. And then recently, past two years, year and a half, two years, I've realized that I have so many people that care about me. And even though your parents may be making you do things or your significant other may be making you do things, they're doing it out of love they're not doing it because they don't like you they're not doing it because they want you to suffer they're doing it because they want you to be better they want you to be the best version of yourself and they want you to be okay And that's what they got to do they got they're going to be hard on you but you got to know that you're not alone that's a prime example that you're not alone if they didn't care about you they wouldn't make you do stuff they would just watch you suffer which sounds horrible but it's true Anyway, I hope that these helped you guys. Like I said before, there are so many things besides these 10 that were so helpful to me and that are so helpful and important in recovery. But these are the 10 main ones. No matter how hard this may seem, I promise you guys that you can do this. You just have to be patient with yourself. And you have to remember that in recovery, slow is fast. Recovery is not a fast process and slow is fast. Friends, thank you so much for listening this week again. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Madison Parmiter. And before you go, please subscribe if you haven't already and leave me a review and a rating because I love reading them. They're free. They help me to know exactly what you like and don't like about this podcast, and they help get my podcast out to more people who need inspiration. Anyway, I love you all so much, and I can't express and thank you enough for the love and support you guys give me. It makes doing this every week so much easier, and I will talk to you guys very soon.